0: I'm Michael Malley and this is the mindful storyteller where the subject always is stories storytelling story reading story listening mindfulness and the creation of the story space Welcome to a, another episode of The Mindful Storyteller. And I am Michael R. Malley.
1: And I'm Ollie Wren Erickson Malley. And today we'll be
0: speaking about the incubation of story. What happens when uh, we take stories and just kind of storm away within ourselves for a bit. And we'll have a quote by Hans van Bülow, uh, that Ollie will read. And then I'll read a little piece on incubation. And then we'll, uh, we'll chat about it. And Ollie will have some, some closing thoughts and questions. And as per usual, we have the singing bowl. And you're invited to enjoy the sound of the bowl. Enjoy the sound of the bell.
1: In studying anything, work with the head, get all you can out of it, then put it away for a month, and when you come back to it, you will find much that you never dreamed of before. Hans von Bülow, from his letters, as quoted by Ruth Sawyer.
0: Incubation. The mythographer Joseph Campbell quips that nothing compares with what we did during those first nine months in the womb. Over the years you may have been successful in science or business, created spectacular art, or written an incredible dissertation or novel. But how does that compare with creating toes or fingers or lungs? Incredible things happen in the dark spaces of incubation. This is also true of story. As a professional storyteller for over 25 years, I've had numerous opportunities to incubate story. One of my areas of delight has been Christmas tales and legends. They are told in December and then shelved again in January. Besides Christmas tales, some stories in my repertoire are told and then laid aside for years before they are revived, while others may never be resuscitated. Those tales that are set aside for months or years and then reanimated come back more than refreshed. They come back anew, different than they were. Sometimes subtly different, sometimes radically so. The differences have little or nothing to do with intentionality. They strengthen, morph, brighten, or dim on their own through the incubation process. We do not know what the stories do as they sit within us, unspoken and unthought of but they do something. We are not machines that simply record and later play back what was previously recorded. We are something far more like walnut trees or collie dogs. Things happen within us. Things change in us without our ever asking them to. We are of this natural world and what we do with story, or perhaps what story does within us is part of this natural process. Stories are a part of the natural order of ceaseless change.
1: I like your word on Incubation, or Joseph Campbell's word maybe. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> or, Jesus, or Joseph, or Joseph's Campbell's word, incubation. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've uh, the word I was thinking of when you were reading this was compost. Oh. As another way to think about it. Yes. And I and I think about that for all sorts of things. You I've been trying to learn how to play the guitar for years and years. I mean, <laughs> thirty years or something. I've had a guitar, <laughs> and I'll go through spurts for six months where I'm really practicing or I get a teacher and put it away for a year. And when I pick it up again, a year later, something's happened. Hmm. And I'm not starting at the beginning at all. I've thought about it as compost. Something is composted and I can pick it up and pick it up quicker. (laughs) And I've been doing this for 30 years, so I I don't know. (laughs) And I haven't stuck with it. But but that's what I thought of when you you were reading this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's... it's, um, um, You know, again, I've been doing the professional storytelling for a long time. And a lot of the stories that I tell, or have told, I found in books. Whether they're old literary tales or folk tales... And so my process has basically been, you know, read a lot of stories and then kind of note which ones really grab me and which ones, you know, um, we had the Hans von Bülow quote, which was was recorded by Ruth Sawyer. And Ruth Sawyer has been a real influence, probably one of the primary influences on me in terms of how I think about storytelling. As a, as a performing artist or as a professional storyteller. And, and so this idea of, of, of this selection process, she speaks of this, and, and going through and spending time and reading lots and lots of different stories, and then I find this one here or there that really grabs me, and then I read it again, and I read it again, and I read it again, and sometimes I'll just I'll read it, a lot, read it aloud and make a recording of it and, and, and then listen to it and listen to it. And then sometimes I'll set it aside. And I might set it aside for a month. I might set it aside for three years. And 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 then come back to it. Or I might start working on how do I want to tell this tale. And it's it's fascinating to me because it, it just it it is this this you know like a child in the womb, it's it, it's it's there is this something that's growing within me that that changes, and like you were saying with the guitar work or whatever, that it, I don't even quite understand it. I I don't more than that, I don't understand it at all. It's just happening, and you know when I work with it, I'm working with it with real intentionality and with real focus, um, but. Um, but then, when I come back to it there's this uh, there's this newness that I really can't can't explain mm-hmm. yeah and 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 yeah I mean maybe there's something of that you know when we were teachers um, in the classroom where you come back and it's the next year, and maybe you're you know, you're teaching math again or you're doing, you know, you're doing the reading, you know, again of this children's literature. But it's the same. It's not the same. hmm Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told, I mean myself, but I've told our kids, too, like, they're working on something and, I, and, I'll, and they're getting frustrated. I said, well, just give it a rest. Mm. And just, you know, put that away for now. And I, I use the metaphor of compost. Just let it compost for a while, but just let it incubate for a while and come back to it. Because sometimes we're just so attached to whatever we're working on, we can't really see all all that's going into it. And so stepping back for a while and just letting it sit there under the earth or in your womb, just letting it sit there for a while, it, it brings there's more power or there's more. Inside, you know, like you said I can't really explain what it is but you come back to it with a freshness um, that just makes it more powerful.
0: Uh, yeah yeah it, you, as you're talking about this I'm thinking I don't know if I've ever made this connection Ollie but um, as a writer
1: mm.
0: you know sometimes I'm trying to write something and oh my goodness I'm I'm trying to yank Mm -hmm. I'm trying to yank this root out of the ground or something. I can't, I just can't pull it out. Mm -hmm. And then um, I can come back to that same bit of writing, that same piece of writing. And all of a sudden, it just, you know, I can pull that root right out, you know, where Mm -hmm. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was struggling, you know, nine different ways to get that, the right word here, or whatever it might be, and then I come back, and mm-hmm. you know, and what's happened in the interim? You know, if I continue with this, with this, uh, with this metaphor, well, m- maybe it rained in between, and the ground got softer, or something. There's there's a whole lot, there's a whole lot external or internal that's going on there, and and um, and I, I guess too, this relates to um, we are in this age where we talk so much in terms of machine metaphors for ourself. Mm -hmm. And I think, sure, you know, oh, people say, you know, I've got to gear up for this. Well, you know, I've said, I I don't have gears. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I'll hear people using um, computer metaphors, like, oh, I don't have the bandwidth for that or something like that. the way memory works with us, the way story works with us, um, and the way we work in the world—you know—that's where I wrote that. In terms of you know the walnut trees and the collie dogs, we have we have far more in common with them than we do with you know with that laptop sitting over there, or I uh, you know with the uh, uh, you know with the television or the toaster um, or the car, uh, and and I think that's part of what I want, want to highlight too, just, just you think of like the fallow ground, right? The ground being let sit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you come back. I mean, you well, you use the compost metaphor for all of this, right? That, that I think part of this for me is um, looking at story and recognizing that With any story, whether it's a performing artist as myself or whether I'm sharing a family story or whatever. People ask me, you know, fairly often, oh, you know, can you give me some hints or some clues about storytelling or how to be a better storyteller? And I I guess one thing that I would share is to not view this as a mechanical process. You know, we are not machines, right? We have you know stories sit within us for years, and then they they bubble up again, right? I mean, I mean, we were watching an old movie a few weeks ago, um, The Out of Towners with Jack Lemon. And uh, I hadn't seen that movie in I don't know thirty or forty years. I watched the film, and then all of a sudden I'm seeing, oh my goodness, here's all these little references in this movie that my family, once upon a time, we would use those same references that we had taken from this film. All of that, I had no memory of that. I had, that was completely lost, but then I recognized it and I could see it. And, and so there's all these little kind of connections. And, and, and I guess it's, it's about about not having this kind of mechanical model and not an overly simplistic model either you know we've talked Mm -hmm. before on here how stories of my dad have morphed over time Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right stories you and I will you know we've been together for 25 years we'll argue over the story of what really happened because the stories change (laughs) within each of us and I think I guess I'm just I, I guess the invitation is to just sort of reflect on this incubation process this composting process um and and also just to kind of celebrate it. Yeah. Mhm.
1: Have you ever let a story sit inside of you without telling it for a while? Did the story change? This incubation process is also relevant for negative stories that water harmful seeds in us. Sometimes the repeated telling of such toxic tales increases their power and harm to us or others. When we give such stories a rest, they sometimes lose their weightiness Many of us can recall a story that deeply upset us years ago, but today is retold with mirth and laughter. There is much that happens in the incubation of a story. What story might you want to incubate and why?
0: I'm Michael O'Malley, and you've been listening to The Mindful Storyteller.